Most kind and righteous ever to be Lord, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for thy many blessings, thy continued watch care over us, Father. Then hopeful, Lord, that thou hast heard our prayers for this day, for this meeting, that we've been able to come together yet one more time. Father, seeking seeking that we might be able to see thee, Father, we thankful for the many blessings, thankful for these dear brothers that thou hast brought to speak to us this day, and we'd ask that thou would continue to look after them and give them the things they're in need of, the recollection of those scriptures, Father. Father, thou knowest the groanings of our heart. We know not how to pray sometimes or what to ask for, but thou knowest what we're in need of. Thou hast heard the petition of those who have been sick and afflicted. Father, we'd ask that it would be thy Mercy that thou would grant that to them, Lord, that thou would extend the hand of grace and mercy unto them, that thou would heal them and be thy will and bring them back amongst us yet one more time that we might be able to fellowship. Father, we're so thankful for thy church and for thy many churches everywhere as they gather this day. Father, that we so thankful that thou hast given us this country to live in. Father, we'd ask that thou would continue to bless it, especially those Father, that secured and those that look after our well-being, Father, and the leaders of this land, that they come to thy, thee for counsel, Lord, that thou would give them the things that they're in need of and then strengthen them to make the right decisions on our behalf. Father, we're so blessed, thankful for thy son, thankful for thy finished work of thy son, thankful for the many things that thou hast done on our behalf and the things that have been set before us. We've been able to come and draw comfort for those things. Father, that we've been able to get come one more time where we've been together with these dear brothers. Father, that we've been able to seek thee and seek thy face. Father, we'd ask that thou would continue to watch over us. These favors we ask in thy son's name and for his sake. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see you all again. Um, I am a little bit more prepared than I was last time, but uh, still please pray for me. Uh, I thought maybe by running a little bit late I could get out of this, but um, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have had a couple of things on my mind, uh, and and a lot of it was spurred by. Um, the able preaching that I heard on, on Old Baptist Weekly uh, this week. I don't know if any of you uh, watched that, but I would encourage you to if you can. Um, and it was encouraging to me, though I feel both preachers were giving the church an exhortation, uh, but it was encouraging to me because recently I'd read an article about um, some of our brothers and sisters in other denominations and how many of the preachers in those denominations are... are uh, uh, resigning uh, because of the conflict that's been going on in their church. Uh, and a lot of that has been uh, political. Uh, and the, the two messages that we heard on Wednesday uh, were an exhortation to, to not let the political into the church, right? Uh, so I wanted to kind of think about some things uh, with regard to that. And I do appreciate uh, Brother Jerry Lee's prayer, and I, I think we should continue to pray for our country, right? We have been blessed to live in uh, this wonderful country, and one of the most wonderful things about it is the freedom of religion, right? The state does not tell us how to worship our God. Um, but we need to make a distinction and be careful that we are not putting our country above our God, right? Um, I was in the Boy Scouts, as, as some of you know, and uh, the Boy Scout motto was, I will do my duty, um, to honor my, or I will do my best to do my duty to honor my, my God, my country. I'm getting it all confused now. It's been 20 years, but uh, God came first in that, right? Country was second. And in thinking back on my uh, experiences there, I felt like it was more of a, a culture of religion than it was an arrow to the church. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we said the Pledge of Allegiance in the Boy Scouts, and I think that was great. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, I'm not um, wanting to denigrate it, um, but it was often said that we should do our duty to God, 
And at that time, I had no idea what my duty to God was. Uh, it wasn't until I come, came among you wonderful people that um, the Lord opened that door for me. And so I wonder about that, right? I think often we see that our duty to God is something we should do, but we don't, in the world, they don't talk about what that is, right? Uh, and so our duty to our country gets a lot of attention, a lot more attention, right? And I think that's where we see a lot of um, the strife uh, happening. And this is nothing new. Strife has been in the world and nations around the world for millennia. Um, and yet the Lord has given us his church, right? Uh, and that, that truth makes us free from the cares of, of this world. Um, and he's given us the tools to uh, um, put away the things of those, uh, the, the concerns of this world. Uh, and, and obviously one of the biggest of those is faith. Uh, and it is a tool that has been given to us. We know it is the free gift of God. There's nothing that we have done to earn that. There's nothing that we could ever do uh, to attain that. God has given it to us. And yet there is something that we are supposed to do with that faith. Right, um, And so, you know, whenever we're talking about faith, obviously we have to go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, uh, where he says, where uh, the apostle says that faith is uh, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Uh, how wonderful is that? I mean, let's, let's think about that. It is the substance of things hoped for. I may hope for uh, a Lamborghini or a new job or a pay raise, right? Um, but there's no substance to that, right? Uh, I guess maybe uh, uh, the fact that the Lamborghini exists, there's some substance, right, to the Lamborghini itself. But uh, faith is a substance. It is a material thing. Right? It exists within us, and it is the substance of those things that we hope for. Right? And it is the evidence of those things that we cannot see. Uh, it is kind of tautological in that sense, right? in that it kind of proves itself. Um, but those of us who see with the eye of faith, it makes complete sense, I, I, I hope. Um, but further in that chapter, uh, Paul gives us a list of... Um, characters from the Bible who have exemplified uh, that faith. Um, can find it. Uh, so he talks about Abel and Enoch, uh, Noah, Abraham, obviously. Uh, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. He uh, talks about Abraham actually twice. Uh, he also talks about Rahab, and, and she's the character I kind of want to look at a little bit more today. Um, so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And if we remember the story of Ahab, right, uh, in Joshua in the Old Testament, she um, had been given the eye of faith, right? We know that when um, Joshua's spies had come to her, she let them in, uh, and she tells them, I've heard all of these things about the miraculous works that your God has done. Had she not had faith, she wouldn't have seen that, right? Um, so she already has that faith, but what she does with it is what James later says justifies, right? She's justified through her works of faith, right? Um, so she lets these spies in. She, in effect, is treasonous to her homeland, right? To her king uh, at that time. They didn't have necessarily nation states, but they had city states. Uh, and she goes against 
the wishes of her homeland, right, uh, for her God, which she didn't even know was her God yet, but she knew he was the God. Uh, and I bring this up not to say that in any way we should be, be treasonous against our country, um, but I wonder, through the circumcision of the heart, how many of us can say that we truly place our duty to God above our duty to our country? And if that is the case, then we cannot let politics into the church. And that's why I was so uh, encouraged this week by, by the conversation going on on OBW. Uh, I don't think that this is, it is nothing that I have seen evidence of in our church. Uh, and I'm so very thankful for that. Um, but because it is obviously going on in, in other churches, this is something that we need to be aware of. Uh, we need to put aside our political differences and remember that our reasonable service is to sacrifice ourselves unto our God, meaning we sacrifice our bodies, we sacrifice, we circumcise our heart. Uh, we know that we have all gone astray, right? We cannot trust in our own desires, our own views of what this country should and shouldn't be doing. We need to focus on our Lord. And guess what? He's going to take care of it. It may be that he has decided that this country needs to have some trials and tribulations. Okay, we're going to be all right. The Lord will provide for us, but our focus should always be on him. Um, and what are the two commandments that Jesus gave us? One of the, the observations from OBW this week that I found so enlightening was, uh, and I've forgotten the brother's name, Joe, uh, Elder Joe Holder, yes, um, he pointed out how the first four of the Ten Commandments are about loving our God and how the last six of the Ten Commandments are about loving our neighbor. Uh, and those are the two commandments that Jesus gives us. When questioned, when tempted by uh, uh, the lawyer, he says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and to love thy neighbor as thyself, which he says is likened to the first. We cannot love the Lord our God with all of our heart if we're not loving each other. Uh, and so putting aside our political differences, uh, I don't know that it's even necessarily putting them aside, right? We, we need to love each other as Jesus loved us. We need to love each other in our wrongs. Uh, and that's hard. And I think that this is going to be uh, and has been a trial for uh, uh, the church, right? Uh, how much can we put away of our own thoughts, our own uh, self-righteousness, right? Uh, and recognize that we may not know everything. Our brother or sister may not know everything. And yet we still love each other and look out for each other, right? I don't think that that means we need to put away certain discussions. If I see you as my brother or sister doing something that I think is going to put uh, uh, you spiritually in harm's way, uh, then I do feel like it is my responsibility to inform you of that, right? Uh, out of love for you. Um, and yet at the same time, I can't uh, put my own will, right, above uh, yours or above the Lord's, right? Um, Paul says we should let us hold fast the profession of our faith, right? Um, this, the faith is the free gift of God, right, uh, we, as we've discussed. Uh, but there is something that we can do with it. Uh, it is a tool to protect us from uh, the wiles of the devil. And we need to hold fast that profession, meaning I profess that the Lord God is the only God, right? That I love him and that I love you uh, as myself. Uh, we need to hold fast to that profession. We know uh, from the New Testament that in the last days there will be many false prophets. And as I know we've all seen, there are people who profess to believe in God, uh, but they're doing so for, to forward their own agenda politically. Um, and that is a false prophet. They are professing, right, that they believe in God, 
when in reality, it's not the, their love for God or their duty to God that is the priority of their life. Uh, it is a tool that they are using to help them achieve their own agenda, right? Uh, to enact their own will. Um, so how do, how, you know, I know something I've, I've struggled with in my, my journey of my walk of faith um, is how to apply that, right? How do we apply the faith that we've been given? Uh, and I think maybe I've been looking at that incorrectly. Uh, in Matthew chapter 25, he gives us the example of uh, the 10 virgins, uh, and he also gives us the example of uh, the talents, right? Uh, he has given us all a measure of faith, uh, and the wise of us will take that faith, right? and increase it. So how do we do that? Uh, by reading God's word, reading what he's told us, trying to understand it as best as we can, using it to help us circumcise our heart, right? So that we know that we are uh, completing God's will and not our own. I think that some of the false prophets out there today have been led astray. They think that what they're doing is the will of God, um, but I think it's because they have strayed from the word of God. They're getting too caught up with the idol of politics. I think that has become an idol to some degree. Um, so we need to, you know, and the, the great example that, that uh, Paul gives throughout many of his letters is uh, that of Abraham. Um, and in Genesis, it says that righteousness was imputed unto Abraham because he believed in God, right? But Paul makes the distinction, not only did he believe in God, but he also believed God, right? Um, and I know that that is uh, a distinction that we've all heard before, but how, how have we applied that, right? Uh, James tells us that if you believe in God, you're doing well but no better than the devils who also believe and tremble, right? Uh, we need to take it further. It's a blessing, right? And it is a gift of God to have faith that he exists, that, that we can believe in him, right? But now we need to take that a step further. We need to do something with that talent or that measure of faith that he's given us by not just believing in him, but believing him, meaning that we believe in his will, we believe what he's told us, how do we do that? By figuring out what he's told us, right? Um, and then trusting in that. Uh, and so kind of in closing, I'd like to look at, at uh, Psalms number 11. A Psalm of David says, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. We must put all of our trust in the Lord. This flesh wants to trust itself. This flesh thinks that it knows what is best for it. Uh, and that is what we need to circumcise in our heart. We need to recognize that the Lord is sovereign. He knows what's going on. And we'll, we'll hear more about that in the following verses. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they might privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. It's that fourth verse I really want to look at. Uh, we don't need to worry about the governance of men. Uh, we need to do our duty to our country as citizens by voting, right? Uh, you know, doing what we think uh, is appropriate for uh, the ch a child of God. Um, but ultimately, right, we're not in control of that and we shouldn't want to be. Uh, we need to put our trust in the Lord uh, and recognize that the Lord is in his throne, right? That's from where all true governance comes from, 
right? The Lord is in heaven. He is on his throne. He sees all, right? His eyes behold. And then there's that interesting phrase, his eyelids try the children of men. Uh, that's, that's worded so interestingly, you know, and as an English major, stuff like that always makes me pause. Uh, and it made me think of the women in my family. Uh, and, and ladies, I don't know how you do it, um, but it seems that every, every mother and, and grandmother has a look. Uh, we all know what that look is, right? Uh, and I don't know if maybe that look is just softened over the generations or if women just get better at the look as, as uh, they gain experience but my mother had a look and I knew immediately when I got that look that I was in trouble um, but even worse than that was my grandmother's look um, you know I would start shaking when I got my, my grandmother's look um, my great-grandmother's look was like looking on the face of the sun uh, I mean it was I just froze uh, I remember when I was a kid I couldn't have been more than five or six. My, my grandfather and I went to stay with my grandmother, and well into her 80s, she lived on a farm and um, you know, had well water. And uh, She was a very quiet woman, had had a very hard life, and um, I didn't know her very well. Um, she was only alive for a short time um, while I was a kid. But the one memory I have of her is, uh, you know, my granddad and I had, had, had stayed the night at her house, and he'd gotten up early that morning to go, I think, do something, work on her house, uh, and he'd left his pocket knife on the, the nightstand, and of course, as a, you know, five or six-year-old little boy, that was, that was something, right? I, I wanted to see that. I was going to play with that pocket knife. Uh, so sure enough, I picked it up, uh, opened it, was examining it, you know, um, coveting it, uh, and it was a thumb lock, and my little thumbs were not strong enough to get that thing to shut, and I just knew that if I left it open, my granddad was going to know it was me who had been playing with it, so I'm just, you know, trying everything I can think of to get this knife shut. Uh, didn't work, ended up slicing my thumb open, right, uh, and was more scared than I was in pain, and I didn't know what to do, and uh, I turned around, and my grandmother's there, my great-grandmother. She's been watching me the whole time, and she's giving me that look. And so I just immediately froze. I mean, there was just nothing I could do. Uh, she grabbed me, didn't say a word, took me into the kitchen, shoved my thumb under some hot water, uh, and then grabbed some tape and just taped it up, you know, and just, you know, holding me up by my arm while she's doing all of this. Um, she finally sets me down and, and gives me that look, and she says, uh, that'll teach you to play with your granddaddy's pocket knife, won't it? And I was like, yes, ma'am, that's, <laughs> that's it. Um, God sees us. He knows uh, what we do. Even when we're not thinking of him, he's watching us. Uh, and we need to keep that in mind. His eyelids try the children of men. I think he has that look. He will chastise us when we have gone astray, as a church and as an individual. Um, and yet, it's for our own good, just as my grandmother was patching me up for doing something stupid, right, uh, that I had done of my own accord. The Lord's chastisement is the same. And it may be harsh, but it is for our own good. Uh, and it's so that we can learn a lesson. Uh, there's no greater comfort than that. That's where we need to put our trust. We know that um, our God is sovereign, right? King of kings, Lord of lords. Uh, he is the only governing authority in whom we should put trust and in whom we should look to uh, in our daily walk. Anyway, I, I hope that was helpful. By Brother Dennis, come on up. Come now.
Seems like we're a mess around here, aren't we? <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe two thirds. <laughs> and everybody likes my new shoes, so now that we got that out of the way, uh, I'm I'm extremely thankful to just be able to be here. The Lord has blessed so abundantly, and I am I'm very thankful. Brother Mike is doing well, and hopefully, within short period of time we will both be back up and running again Lord willing yes God has been good to us God has helped us in so many ways and I realize and, and as Brother Mike and I think about our problems after listening to the prayer requests there is so much pain about us we need the grace of God in our lives ask a continued interest in your prayers for a few moments enjoyed the things that brother Paul has brought to us this morning enjoyed the, the message and one of the things that caught my attention was his discussion of faith and I was afraid he was going to get over where I thought maybe I should try to go. And that's in the second chapter of Peter. Of course, Paul was talking back there in Hebrews about, about faith. But in, this, in the second, uh, in second, Peter's, second Peter, he tells us what we are to add to our faith. Faith is something that must be worked at. It must be added to. It must be encouraged. Sometimes I think we're lax in our faith. We get complacent. But says, Simon Peter, a servant of the apostle and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have obtained like precious faith with us. <clears throat> As, as, the brother, as Brother Paul said, faith is a gift. It is a gift of God. It is a fruit of the Spirit. These are things that, that are given to us for us, for, for our benefit and for our use. And so he says, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a tremendous, you know, there's, when we get to thinking about the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ, so many times we take for granted the wonderful blessings of Christ. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Christ and Jesus our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness though we know though through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue he has given us all things that we need pertaining to life and godliness. He's not left anything out that we need. We have blessings given. We have things that we, we take for granted. We, the things God provides us for us in our daily lives. As he strengthens us and helps us. And not only in our daily lives, but in our spiritual life. And that's where he goes into this next part and says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partaker of the of the divine be a partaker of the divine nature, have 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. We don't just sit there on the, on the bench. We add to our faith. We add to our faith virtue. I'm not going to go into the definition of all of these. You've, you've heard them before. But we are to add to our faith virtue, virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godly, godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For, for if these things be in you, They will make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are why we add to our faith that we not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. With that in mind, I'd like to go to the Roman letter for just a moment. And the Apostle Paul in, the, in this first chapter of the Roman letter he says in, in verse 16 I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is something we need to if we're to add to our faith these wonderful blessings that we not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, then we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And, and sometimes, well, as, as Brother Paul mentioned, some things that were mentioned about troubles about, as we were driving over this morning, seeing the cars gathered around some of the churches, wondering, not criticizing, not condemning, but wondering, are they ashamed of the gospel of Christ? What, what is their purpose for gathering? Is it there to show forth praise to men? <clears throat> we were discussing something a while back and wondering what 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 do we what do we get what are we receiving we find great musicians playing beautiful music on pianos and organs is that to the glory of god <laughs> Or is it to the glory of the pianist? Soloist who can sing beautiful music and beautiful songs. Is that to the glory of the father? Or is it to the glory of, this, of the one doing the singing? We have to be mindful of what our purpose is. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And the gospel, of course, we usually always refer to that as gospel being good news. Well, that's, and that's great. But it's even deeper than that. It's a wonderful, blessed message. This gospel is a message that Paul says, I'm not ashamed of. I want to go over here into the Corinthian letter for just a minute. We had our communion last weekend. In the first that, and as and as usual, you just uh, the, this portion from the eleventh uh, chapter of Corinthians, which is it's, and it's beautiful words, but part of it caught my attention in a different way. It says starting in, in twenty three, it says, and for 
For I have received of the Lord, which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, break it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. <clears throat> Do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. This is the New Testament in my blood. And, and it, it, I guess I get a little sidetracked sometimes. When I get to hear somebody talking about the New Testament, I'm thinking about Matthew through Revelation. This is the New Testament. And, it, and these are the message these books written from Matthew to Revelation is the message of the New Testament. If you'll allow me to tweak just a little bit, covenant. The new covenant. The Lord Jesus Christ established his covenant in his blood. And this New Testament that we read, and, and like I say, there's nothing wrong with the way it's written. This, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. But to, it just made a bigger impression to me to say that this cup is the New Covenant. Because the covenant was made for our salvation. I've got a, a verse somewhere, it's back here somewhere, still, still, uh, what's that little whirly gig going around trying to figure it out? It hasn't, it hasn't solved it yet. <laughs> but there's a verse that has come to mind, and it has to do with when two are in agreement, it's the end of a matter. You probably know where it is. I can't, I can't tell you right now where it was. But I, that one comes to mind. When two are in agreement with something, then that's the end of it. There's no more argument about it. We have a covenant in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this covenant is with the Father. And they are in agreement, and there is no discussion about it. It is final. It is done. It is over. It is finished. It is completed. Therein is our salvation. And as I was not trying to complicate things, but as I was thinking back over here in Ecclesiastes, where it talked about in Ecclesiastes where two are together, it's, it's, it's good, and when, but a threefold cord is not easily broken. And we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and they are not broken. They cannot be broken. They are in agreement, and this is the new covenant in my blood, said the Lord Jesus Christ. And this covenant is the agreement with the salvation of God's children through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we are able, by the grace of God, and when we can go back over here, as Paul said in, the, in, in the, this first chapter of Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the message of the covenant 
of the blood of Christ. Too many of God's little children have got other things that, that, they, that they apply their salvation to. And, it, and it's, it's, it's not, not a criticism. And if you'll forgive me, it's what they have been taught all of their lives. It's the only thing they've ever known. Once in a while, once in a while, one will get out. And the truth will be manifest. I say that that way because I grew up with that. And I never really got completely away from the teaching of it. And I mean, but because that was where my background was from. But by the grace of God, he has blessed me to have knowledge of this beautiful covenant of blood. And to know what it is, why it is, and to receive the blessing thereof. So Paul, Paul can stand up and say without controversy. That's over in the, one, of his, one of his letters. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. Things like that. Well, without controversy, the apostle Paul can say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is is the power of God unto salvation. And there again, that, this is a little, it's not the message that is the salvation. The salvation is the message. If, if, you, if I haven't just totally turned that around. Sometimes, what we believe, we, add, we put in, in, in priority over what is written. Just because we believe something doesn't always, <clears throat> I'm not getting that the way I'd like to have it. But just because someone says, I'm saved because I believe Jesus is the Christ. We must realize and have a knowledge of where the belief comes from. We believe because we have been enlightened. We believe because the God of heaven has given unto us the belief. And so when he says here, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. God is the power of salvation. God is the New Testament, the new covenant in the blood of Christ. He is. He, I guess I need to say with the Son, there is indeed the covenant. And so when, when Paul says, herein is the righteousness, so, uh, well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it is the power of God unto salvation. This power of God is the covenant. And it is the salvation of God's children. What a tremendous blessing. And not to the Jew, not uh, to, to everyone that believeth. The believing does not make it so. The believing blesses us with it. The believing blesses us to receive this gracious and glorious message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. 
so that we too can say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of my Lord Jesus Christ. I hold it with everything I have. And it is my confidence, my comfort, my strength to everyone that believeth. There are many of God's little children that this verse doesn't mean anything to. Because their belief is in a different area. This belief must come from, and just as we have been talking about, the fruit of the Spirit, things that are from God and given of God and given by God and by His grace we receive. Pray God's rich blessing. May we hold true, hold to the truths of these precious teachings and may we not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Not be ashamed of the message because this message tells us what has been accomplished. It tells us what was accomplished over there in this Corinthian letter when he says, Excuse me, I don't know why I can't. When he says, This cup is the, I'm going to use covenant. This, this cup is the essence of the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ in God. He says, and it is the covenant in blood. It is a blood covenant. He gave all he had. He shed his blood. And we have been blessed to receive the message of this precious covenant. Thank you, Brother Mike. Thank you, brethren. Certainly enjoyed the preaching that has gone forth today and the thoughts that have been expressed in, in uh, faith, the covenant that we have in the Lord through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the richness of God's blessings upon His people is just never ending. And it is deeper than we can imagine. We can spend our whole life looking into the Word of God as Brother Paul was talking about. And as Brother Dennis referenced, to increase our faith, add virtue and temperance and all of these things, we learn about those things and how we can apply them as we look into the Word of God because God teaches us that. We don't learn that from man. You can go to a bookstore today and find many, many books on self-help and books on how to improve yourself and all of that. Some of those can help you a little bit. But if you want to add faith, you need to look to God. The disciples would come to Jesus and ask Him, Lord, increase our faith. Now, as the brethren have already presented, faith is imputed unto us. It is given unto us by God. It is not something that we have of ourselves. It is not something that we have generated ourselves, that we have gained ourselves, but God has given it to us by His grace and His mercy and His will. And we may ask the question, I don't know why God did this. Well, we can continue to ask that question. But if you look at His Word, 
and see that his will is and has been the covenant that he made with his son, that he would come and die for those that the Father would give him before the foundation of the world. We don't understand that. That seems like an abstract thought to us as we live in this world. But nevertheless, God did that because he is God and he is able. And we can be thankful to him that he did. And because he did, we can live in this covenant of grace. Because the Son has come and fulfilled that which the Father had set before him, that we can live in this covenant of his blood. That we can look unto him. And as the Apostle Paul and the brother Dennis was talking about that we, as Paul would say, the Apostle Paul would say, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That we should look into the word of God and that gospel, that new good news. Because with the coming of Christ, he brought life and immortality to light. We don't understand what that was like before his coming because we live under his coming and his being here and what he accomplished. We live in a much better time, if you will. But before that, it was dark spiritually. And there was all types of things that were going on and contrivances of man and still are, but those are not meaningful to us. What we want to focus on is that truth of God and be thankful for that. And as the apostle would say, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now this seems strange. Why would anybody glory in tribulation? As we mentioned all of those in our prayer request this morning, there's many that have tribulation. And I'm sure if we were to talk to some of them, they're not glorying in those tribulations. But Paul says, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. I've told folks lately that in these last months, the Lord has been teaching me patience. And he's had a hard job working with me. But it is getting pounded into me about patience. But it's still, he's got to work on me. There's a lot more to be done yet. But the apostle says, tribulation worketh patience, and it does. Think about that. We can go to the doctors. We can go to the ends of the earth. We can go to the best minds of man. And we can go through all of the, the things that we can try in this world. But at the end of the day, who is going to be your help? It's God. Whether it's with this body or the spirit, or our mind, it will be God, because God will give us peace. Paul says, in patience, worketh experience, and experience hope. What a beautiful thought, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. We have a hope in Christ. And you know, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed if somebody asked me, you know, about my, my hope in heaven. I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell them my hope is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Is there a surety in that? Have I got that locked in? Have I got that in a contract written down somewhere in a safety deposit box? Not of myself, I don't. But all the indications to me and to you are that there's a name engraved on the palm of the Father's hand. And those whose names are on the palm of the Father's hand, the blood has been shed for them. You may say, well, a hand can only hold so many names. The scripture tells us 
that that number is as the stars of heaven and as the sands of the sea. And if you can count the grains of sand of the sea, then you've accomplished something. But I would venture you could spend your whole life trying to just count what you can scoop up in a handful on the Gulf Coast and you wouldn't finish. This is known unto God. And so we have hope. And this hope maketh not a shame. Why? Because in this hope the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Jesus himself said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will pray the Father and he will send the Holy Comforter to abide with you and he shall bring all things to your remembrance. What are the things that are brought to our remembrance by the Holy Ghost? Those are the things of Christ, aren't they? The things that he said in that covenant, in that good news, he brought the gospel. Brother Dennis said the gospel or the, or the New Testament is, is from Matthew to Revelation. Yes, we see it that way. But I tell you, there's the, the gospel good news is much, much deeper than that because you want to spend time in those, those words and in those books and in those chapters and dig through that and you're going to see the love of God shed abroad in the hearts of those that he loved. John says, for there are three, and Brother Dennis quoted this, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the, Son, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. There's a theme that's in God's Word that we always need to keep in mind, and it's that of unity. The work that Jesus accomplished is so that we might be one with God. We might be with Him. We might be with Him in eternal glory. And by His grace and mercy, we will be. And so as Brother Paul said, our focus should be on Christ. If our focus is on Christ, all things will be taken care of. If you don't believe that or if you have a hard time understanding that, study the Word of God. You'll see where God tells us that. Jesus says that our first priority is the kingdom of heaven is Him, and that the Lord would furnish everything that we need, whether it be our clothing, our food, whatever it might be, our shelter, all of those things. And even some of the things that may be going around us in the world. If you look back on time, there's been a lot of things that have happened in history from the time of Christ. God's still there. He's been there and he's been with his people through all of that. And his covenant still stands sure. It stands sure. And the shells that God has given to his people are as surety as anything could ever be. And aren't we glad we can trust in him? And so let us ask, Lord, increase our faith. Strengthen us that we might love one another more, that we might love Thee more, that we might serve Thee every day of our life. I'm so thankful for those things that have gone forth this morning, how the Lord has blessed us. Thankful for each one of you being here. Pray the Lord will be with you in this coming days until we meet again. Pray that we might be encouraged of some of these thoughts, that we might look into the Word of God and search them out for our own benefit 
and honor of God. So we'll look to sing a song now. You have one? We have number 271. If you'll stand, we'll sing number 271. If there's one or more here this morning that have a desire to follow the Lord and come and join with His church, we would encourage you to come forward and let that be made known. We would, in, church would receive you in any way authorized. And after we sing the uh, first verse, we want to give the right hand of fellowship to Brother Dennis and, and Brother Paul, if you would. So.